Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's we had a hard time together, together. Yes, it's a hard time. We had a hard time together. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. And you're listening to the 200th episode of this podcast. It's an accomplishment I'm very proud to celebrate with you. After all, You're one of the biggest reasons I keep showing up and peeling back the layers of cannabis culture and the highly responsible uses of our favorite plant. In year five, we still haven't run out of things to talk about every week. If that doesn't speak to the diversity of cannabis, I don't know what does. As an act of appreciation and celebration, I invite you to rate and review Casually Baked the Podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you might listen. And hear me out if you're not a rate and review kind of a guy or gal. Perhaps you can make an exception this time, because that one small act of kindness helps other canna-curious folks find this highly responsible cannabis content. And it helps me look more attractive to advertisers who can pay me to be myself. I like to think it is the ultimate giving circle. So thanks for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. Last week, we discussed trauma and how it can manifest in our everyday experience. 
And this week, you are in for a very personal chat with one of my Cannabis Lifestyle clients about trauma response, addiction, rehab, recovery, and trusting your gut. Melody Jenkins shares her experience managing both bipolar disorder and alcohol use disorder and her current exploration of cannabis as a tool in her wellness toolkit. We also discuss nicotine vaping and propylene glycol allergies. But first, a word from our sponsor, MJ Relief, the muscle rub PhD formulated for what aches and pains you. And this week, since my guest is from North Carolina, and so is my dear friend and musician, Seth Walker, I'm sharing his story of relief. Hey, everybody. Seth Walker here reporting from Asheville, North Carolina. Okay, here's the deal. Um, I'm a musician, guitar player. I do this a lot, a lot of playing, a lot of driving. And I've been for my whole life. Since I was like five years old, I started out playing the cello. And I started to get some serious, I'm like getting some bullshit going on on my shoulder. And this stuff right here, this stuff is saving my life. MJ Relief to the Rescue. It's a sweet, sweet bomb. Um, I've been using it for the last couple months. I mean, I was having some serious, serious issues. And it's definitely, it's definitely easing it. Um, Cannot recommend it higher, MJ Relief. If chronic pain's got you singing the blues and you want some muscle and joint relief of your own, head over to mjskinrelief.com and order a tin or tube for you and perhaps someone you love. And if you're already a fan of MJ Relief, like Seth, please share a video or voice memo and let me share your story of relief on the podcast. You can also leave a written review on the website. That's mjskinrelief.com. And follow at mjskinrelief if you're a social butterfly. The Sustainability Roll-Up is presented by OCB Rolling Papers. In perfect harmony with natural, sustainable practices, it's always been the OCB signature to provide the highest quality, responsibly sourced, and sustainably crafted rolling papers. Later in my discussion with Melody, we talk about her dropping cigarettes and picking up vaping after rehab. The biggest problem with vaping devices when looking through the lens of sustainability is that people tend to throw away the parts and empty liquid boxes to the nearest garbage can. The most significant hazard is the lithium ion batteries used to power your device. Besides the fact that they've been known to explode, as these batteries degrade, they leach chemicals into the environment. So if you put them in a regular trash bin, they can pose a risk of fire damage in both waste and recycling facilities. So for the love and appreciation of your trash man, please recycle batteries properly. And that's not the only reason. Because vape devices and liquid boxes can leak lead, cobalt, and other substances into the environment in toxic amounts, it can accumulate in the soil and water, causing contamination, disease, and even death to wildlife and humans. That's why it's so important to dispose of all e-waste properly, not just your vape batteries. 
We're talking the batteries in smartphones, computers, cordless tools, digital cameras, electric cars, bicycles, and wheelchairs. A simple online search for battery recycling led me to battery recycling bins that can be purchased in various shapes and sizes online or in store at places like Home Depot. The cost of the box or bin should include shipping, handling, and all disposal fees. As for the nicotine bit, in the past, EPA regulations stated that any product containing nicotine or nicotine salts as a sole active ingredient and that weren't used as intended must be discarded as hazardous waste. However, a 2019 amendment to the rule updated the P075 nicotine listing and states that some FDA-approved over-the-counter nicotine replacement therapies will no longer be listed as hazardous waste. So that means your nicotine patch, your nicotine gum, and lozenges, they're okay to toss in the trash can. But those nicotine vape carts and batteries are still considered P075 hazardous waste. In 1980, the Environmental Protection Agency listed nicotine and salts as an acute hazardous waste. An acute hazardous waste is defined as hazardous waste that is fatal to humans in low doses, has demonstrated toxicity to test subjects, or is otherwise capable of causing or significantly contributing to an increase in serious irreversible or incapacitating reversible illness. The serious risks of exposure to acute hazardous waste are mitigated by the legal requirements to handle, treat, and dispose of liquid nicotine properly. So we're talking any nicotine nasal spray or inhaler prescriptions, the e-liquids and e-juices used in e-cigarettes. This includes all cartridges or vials, any nicotine that's been used for research and manufacturing, and there are even old pesticides that contain nicotine in them. Interestingly, I read that the vaping industry asked the EPA to exempt e-liquids from the definition of acute hazardous waste, and thankfully, the agency refused to do so. When these products are in your home, in your hands, they're considered household hazardous waste. So be a good steward for your community and our planet by making sure you know how and where to properly dispose of your vaping trash and other household hazardous waste. If you don't, check with your local environmental, health, or solid waste agency for more information. If your community doesn't have a year-round collection system for household hazardous waste, see if there are any designated days in your area for collecting it and a central location to ensure safe management and disposal. If you learn that your community has neither a permanent collection site nor a special collection day, you might be able to drop off certain products at local businesses for recycling or proper disposal. And I hear you, it sounds like extra work. It is. Being a good human takes a little more effort. But most local garages, for example, accept used motor oil for recycling. And most people that sell batteries collect batteries, that sort of thing. Don't be afraid to ask around. I promise you're going to find what you need and you'll get better acquainted with your community in the process. I mean, hashtag win-win. Now, I don't use nicotine and I've never been a vapor, but I certainly love smoking flour. And I want my whole experience to be one with nature. 
That's why I appreciate rolling my sun-grown flower with OCB. OCB offers a full line of rolling papers made with sustainable fibers, including flax, wood, organic hemp, bamboo, and virgin wood. All come in a full line of sizes in both booklets and cones. So no matter which OCB rolling paper you choose, you can be assured all are vegan, GMO-free, chlorine-free, and dye-free. Plus, OCB only uses natural acacia gum for an always-sticks experience, sourced from African fields that OCB has been reforesting for decades. Of course, you must be 21 and older to buy OCB rolling papers and to follow the natural wonders of OCB on social, at OCB underscore USA. If you're ready to master the art of hand-rolling your joints, visit OCBUSA.com backslash baked to get four booklets of OCB and a rolling tray for only $4.99. And then I invite you to tune in to Roll With Me, a video series airing on the Casually Baked YouTube channel, IGTV, and the WeedTube. The OCB bundle is worth 20 bucks and is around for a limited time. But the rolling skills and street cred we'll earn together, my friend, makes this offer priceless. As for you OGs who can roll a joint while smoking one, I challenge you to sample the entire line of OCB products and let me know your favorite. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers. You'll find links to the OCB special offer and the Roll With Me video series in the podcast 200 show notes at casuallybaked.com. One of the most freeing lessons I've learned in this lifetime is that we're all on our own journey. My life doesn't need to look like yours, and yours certainly doesn't need to mirror mine. One size doesn't fit all, and there are no guarantees. But there are also no limits, so long as we get out of our own way and treat every experience as a learning opportunity. So if you're struggling with self-limiting beliefs and or addiction, this podcast is for you. It's also for the people watching someone they love in the throes of self-destruction. And if you're ready to do the work and you're curious about incorporating cannabis as a tool in recovery and reconnection, ah, oh, yes, settle in, my friend. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take one. I would like to start by saying that we're coming off of a retreat and that when I came here, I was a bit of a mess because I'm still going through a few creative no, the learning phases. I'm, I'm not done yet. And I won't be for a long time. And I love that. So when I got here for this, God's just incredible retreat with Joe, I learned so much. I mean, she's an incredible life coach. And being able to support her is important to me because I learned so much. This retreat uh, rebuilt my confidence. I am so much more knowledgeable about cannabis. And I'm just, I very much want to share my story. But you guys... Joe is a teacher. She's a Buddha on the mountaintop to me. She's my life coach and she changed my life. So consider supporting the single 
a woman that has a message that is life-changing, that is uh, consistently ahead of the curve uh, with what we need to do, want to do to promote a plant medicine that as someone with an alcohol use disorder and a bipolar disorder, I'll share my story and my approach and how Joe changed my life. And I studied her for one year. So please, guys, let's get behind her. Let's support her as much as we can because she's about to do even bigger, better things uh, for us. And if you can, if you can, let's get back. Thanks so much. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the studio. So happy to see you. We're on the farewell part of our journey together. Thank you, Buddha Joe. <clears throat> Uh, guys, I have to share that I have hired Joe as a life coach, and we'll get to my reasons, many reasons why. But my point is, um, I was her very first guest to her cannabis and wine retreats that she is now offering. I arrived in San Francisco for this retreat, bruised, a little depressed, uh, a little bit confidence deprived. And that's definitely, hopefully, for another show. But my point is, when I got to the second, the third day of the retreat with Joe, just being around her level of knowledge, her level of empathy, her level of friendship, her level of being a life coach and someone that I can talk to, share my story, get out my junk, which I'm still doing. Um, I have my confidence back. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this. It was magic. It was worth every dime. It was rewarding. So thank you. You've changed my life. And I'm just so honored to be here. And uh, Joe's next vision for her business with these retreats. It's magic. If you are indeed a drinker, she can cater to you. If you do enjoy both, she can cater to you. I don't drink anymore. Thank goodness. It makes me break out of things. So she can cater this. It's at a magical farm. Guys, let's get behind this woman, this entrepreneur that has sincerely changed my life. I took a year and listened to her, and she gave me the confidence to be here today to share my story and my approach. So if I may, guys, if you can, get behind Joe. Let's support her for being amazing, for being cutting edge. Let's get behind her the best that we can. Um, I'm here to support her. I do do Patreon. Um, that's, that's it. If you can, please do. Well, I've never had someone do a shameless plug on my behalf at the beginning of a show. So thank you. That was kind and heartfelt and I appreciate it. And I'm really proud of you. And Thank you. I would love to share the reason that you found me, why you were looking for a solution. So we can talk about the nicotine and the alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I Please. think it's something that a lot of people either, you know, struggle with silently or yes. are curiously looking for answers. So either way, I think what you've been going through is worth sharing. So I appreciate you stepping up to the mic and sharing your story. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start in rehab? I've got a good place to start. Uh, so my story is I hit 
<laughs> another rock bottom. And this one was a real gut, oh, I mean, just a gut punch to the soul in the shape of a black hole. It, this one was bad. It was riddled with some of my worst nightmares that, in front of certain people. So the next day after that disaster, I made up my mind I was going to go, yes, back to rehab. And this time I was going to do it right. I am 43 years old. This is a nightmare. It has to stop. So that's the beginning of my story. So I chose California, Southern California, and packed up my stuff, gave myself a week to drink and to get ready. And wow, I was organized like half of my suitcase and the other looked like I was drunk. So I go to California and this time I am in the right place. This time I'm somewhere where I can get healed was the gravitational pull to the specific place. So I get there and I'm a disaster, but they give you time uh, to go through if you're going through withdrawals to... Just get to a place where you can be coherent. I didn't take long, but I did take the three days just to, I was devastated. So I took my three days and then they're like, you have to show up for group now, mandatory, and I'm, I'll be there. I'm here to work. I was properly, finally confirmed after hiding from it and running from it as bipolar. So I have what you call a co-occurring disorder. My disorder is what I just said. My, my bipolar is very real. An alcohol use disorder. That's my classification. So the relief that came finally from a very well-respected psychiatrist that, yes, you're bipolar, a therapist that could recognize the bipolar in me was life-changing. I was very resistant to any medication. Um, I want to still be me. I was there to take my power back back and I wanted to still be me. So my hesitation, knowing that I would have to talk about certain parts of my past that I didn't want to, you know, my mother and I just, we wanted to skip it. We were scared of what we would say is what we would say to each other to avoid it, you know. So with that relief of, like I just shared, a proper former medical diagnosis, that made me feel better to work with the therapist one-on-one, -on -one, and this was twice a week that understood me. He was the type of therapist I needed. I did not need to be broken apart because of my level of guilt. So I ended up with the right guy. And I worked hard. And I was told I worked hard. And it was life-changing. And I did, with my therapist walking me through it, start uh, a drug that's called uh, Lamectrogene. It's also a generic, a lamictal. This is a mood disorder medication. And basically how my therapist described it to me is it's going to take, I'm heavily more manic. So how this drug works is, <laughs> my name's Melody. Uh, my therapist described it as the Dolby effect, if you will. It just kind of brings that manic way down and keeps the depression from going so low, which it can we started very low dose, uh, which made it more for my comfort level. And wow, we had a little bit more. I felt a little bit better. It was life changing. And it was a relief because to me, to hear someone professionally tell me you were self-medicating. 
that comes from trauma. That comes from this. There are scientific reasons that we develop addiction. And so you didn't feel like I'm just damaged goods. I, it's like, oh, yes, things happened and my crutch, my drug of choice that I chose when I was 13, 14 years old. Yes. That's been my whoopee all these years. I didn't know what else to do. It was readily available. And when I did consume cannabis when I was younger, it worked for me. I was kind of the lookout for my tribe, if you will. And it served me well. And, you know, typical, I progressed to drinking because it really would make me go numb. I was a blackout and that started early. I knew. I gravitated to alcohol easily and then fell into that drinker category. And I'm, I'm going to sidetrack it just a little bit to, to share with your listeners what a relief it was to me to get the confirmation of what I suspected uh, that I was bipolar because it let my husband, it let my family, it let my friends, the people that stuck by me that there's not enough time to think, but I mentioned my husband first and my parents, to have that confirmation that I had indeed had a mental illness and was self-medicating and not just someone who just wouldn't stop drinking for the hell of it. Make no mistake, I was on a mission to outsmart it and I tried everything, everything. Turns out, I believe I did outsmart it. I have three years coming up, October the 7th this year, but that meant so much. That's huge. So alcohol use disorder in and of its own is trauma. It's a process. If you have that, I'm not saying I'm any separate or better, but for me in my situation and the torture that I put my husband through, that meant so much to me. It gave me hope. That's important. And you're right. You know, it's how you frame your own story. Yes. That's where you're acting from. So, you know, are you framing your story from that of a victim or that of an empowered doer who is learning and recognizing and realizing and taking and making those micro choices that will become the macro of their lives. And yeah, of course, it always feels good to be like, all right, I get it. I see my challenge. I know my purpose. Thank you. Otherwise, you know, you're out in the ocean looking for a pearl and you're just like, well, something's not right. This doesn't feel good, but I don't know where I'm at. So good on you for going to the right place and asking the right questions of yourself and giving yourself the space to change and to grow. And, you know, that's such an important part of any journey. You know, we all hate being newbies. It always feels uncomfortable. Like change is physically uncomfortable. And whether or not that's getting off of drugs and alcohol, being a single person that's now a coupled person or a former coupled person that's now a single person. All of those things are uncomfortable. I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. And the reason I was attracted to this particular rehabilitation center, and guys, it's a business. And I have stories. Nevertheless, 
if you pick the place that feels right in your gut, there's hope. It can change your life as a foundation to start a springboard, if you will. But it's a business. Well, but yes, and of course it's a business. I mean, shit, alcohol is a thriving business. All the vices are a thriving business. Therefore, rehab is going to be a thriving business. See, that's why we listen to her because she's like a Buddha on a mountaintop. I mean, this, the acceptance that I feel talking and learning from you is, mm, I don't know that you'll ever know. Well, I can see your eyes, so I have a pretty good inkling, little lady. So I love that you, in this time that you were in the SoCal Rehabilitation Center, that you were brave enough to talk to your therapist about cannabis. How did that go? I did. My therapist was amazing. He was perfectly matched for me. And and I, I really want to share this because the better rehabs, Guys, if you're in the position I was, and I had no choice, I really didn't. It was do or die. Joe, my guess, at the point I was at when I got to Southern California, I probably had at most 10 years left of my life. I didn't have the shakes. I didn't have to drink in the morning to drink my hairspray or my body fantasies that make me smell good. I was not at that point, but I was on the way. So I had a choice to make because I was about to lose a lot. So let's talk about the the cannabis conversation with your therapist. So speaking with my therapist, um, sharing with him my success in the past with cannabis, he and I had a very frank conversation. And I shared with him that members of my family that are close to me enjoy cannabis and have no problem with it. So therapist. This is something I may want to explore, but here's what I have to say to you as my therapist. I will wait a year, period. I will wait a year. I will research. I will look to see what cannabis has to offer to me with a fear. Let me take that back. Not a fear. I don't fear anything. I want my power back, and I'm going to keep it back at this point. But my concern was when I would use cannabis while I was still a terrible drinker, it would make me want to drink more because it would make me paranoid. Paranoid, right? So I was on a mission to take a year and to learn. And Joe, that's how I found you. When I found you, and I found some other interesting podcasts, but you reached me. So searching for a source of knowledge, someone who really knew their stuff, someone I could learn from, Someone who could teach me how cannabis is approached now, how cannabis is not how I grew up with. I'm 46 years old, guys. I'm a little cougarish, if you will. I'm not. I'm not that great. But what the new approach to cannabis is, it's not sitting in a garage all day watching, here's my age again, Beavis and Butthead eating Cheetos and being useless all day. And when I was growing up, that's kind of what it was. With my friends, I would smoke bongs when I did not drink alcohol. So speaking with my therapist and giving him that background and him knowing my trauma, particular to my story, he said, I think that that could work for you. I think that your approach of waiting a year and educating yourself is smart. You have your own way of going about facing your alcohol addiction. 
and I think you're going to be okay in rehab. Even though I was in sexy Southern California and pictures I would send my family guys, it kind of looked like I was on vacation. And I have the personality that I'm not going to cry the whole time. You know, I'm a natural cheerleader. It's, it served me well. So once I found Joanna nuding my Buddha, my life coach, my lifeline, to be honest with you, and was able to learn from her the cannabis approach, the microdosing, the if you feel anxiety, drink some water, eat a bite, you know, just this powerful woman with a powerful, powerful message to promote plant medicine. And I'm here to reach anyone struggling with their DOC. It's a rehab term, guys. And if you haven't been to rehab, good. <laughs> and if you have, you know what I mean. And uh, it's drug of choice. One of the things that I noticed in both rehab experiences was the age group would define the drug or the alcohol. Fascinating. Both rehab experiences, I would not take back. Even the first one, which is a disaster. And there's not enough time. So when I found Joanna, I did. I took that year as promised to listen. And I, I was blown away. I was blown away by her approach. I was blown away by her level of knowledge. She gave me the confidence once my year was up to fly to a legal state as a responsible adult. So we went to the dispensary. And I mean, that was a completely incredible experience, but I wouldn't have gone in there with any confidence. I'd have been shaking had I not listened to you, Joe. I knew what to ask for. I knew what to say. And I said some stupid things. <laughs> I did. I'm like, this bud tender, it was busy, first of all, because hey, states who haven't gotten with it, it's a powerhouse money-making machine. Oh, okay? yeah. And people North Carolina. walks of life, shapes, sizes, levels of income, everybody is shopping in a dispensary. So this bud tender, he was good to me. He could tell. I don't know what he could tell, but he could tell he had an FNG on his hands. And I know I was a little jacked up when I got there. I've mentioned I'm bipolar. I was about to ask you what jacked up means. So I'm like, wait a minute. So jacked up, guys, is one of my terms that when I get hypomanic, which can be, you know, when you talk to a lot of bipolar people, and I'll own this all day. Uh, my father also uh, suffered with bipolar. He's fun to talk to, but I'm crazier than he'll ever be. And he will hear this. And I will say that until the end of time. Hey, Dad. Getting back to my point, the thing that you'll hear a lot of bipolar people say, especially if they're like me and they gravitate to manic, I love my manic. I get so much done with my manic. And I'll tell you, you do. You enjoy your manic. I can be, I'm not that great, guys, but I can be fun. I can get things done. Uh, life of the party, if you will. But this time I don't break windows or car windshields or turn evil. So I want to know how cannabis is helping you with that, because that was a big thing that we worked on over the last several days was how do you, when you are in those hypomanic states, how do you sort and organize your thoughts so that you can have more cohesive, coherent conversations, exchanges 
but also so that you can keep things in order. So, you know, talk a little bit about when you first started using cannabis, what you were noticing. After Denver and discovering, it didn't make me anxious because I listened to Joe and I did your tricks. Okay, this can work because I'm not AA, guys. I have my reasons. I respect AA. I I had to say that because that's why I went to the particular rehab because AA is not for Melody. Had I been attracted to AA and boy was I exposed to it, to be able to try cannabis as a alcoholic would have been forbidden. She used air quotes. Yes, I did, because I do not appreciate being called an alcoholic. It is a term that won't go away. And I respect that. If people, hey, ma'am, my name is Melody Jenkins. I'm an alcoholic. I'm not going to introduce myself to anyone that way, because to me and my philosophy is that term takes my power away. Why do you want to take my power away when I'm here to get it back? And if you really want to turn me off, you're proselytizing. I am not, I do not identify as a Christian. I respect it. There's so many wonderful people. But if you proselytize, and that's one of the main things in my experience with AA was that I will run. I do not control well. So I had to have something else. I had to have something outside of AA. And guys, there are things outside of AA. So yes, because you didn't follow the AA 12 steps, you were able to not feel guilt about choosing to explore cannabis as a potential whole plant medicine option. So you started doing that highly responsibly. You're microdosing, you're starting low, you're going slow. And so tell me what kinds of effects you were seeing from that. Absolutely. Well, they were huge. Uh, When I came back from rehab, I had, oh gosh, I have to remember, honestly, I'm going to go for six medications and they're not going to give someone like me any kind of medication that is controlled. I do have panic attacks. They're real. They're rare. They don't take me down, but I am treated like an addict until the end of time, traditionally. I have found people who don't therapist um, my mental health medication that don't treat me like an addict or a science project. And I gave a lot of them. This is a whole nother story. What I went through when I came back from rehab, I gave them reasons to want to bless her heart. The first therapist, I gave her reasons to be concerned. And she is what she is. She's not a therapist. She's there to prescribe medication. Therefore, she wanted to put me on this and let's try that. And my dosage was not right. There was specific reasons for that. And I was in a space where maybe I needed more of this or more of that. But to answer your question and why I'm here is I lost half of those medications. You got to cut them out. They're gone. Yes. And, you know, exactly what you just said, you were already in an experiment with pharmaceutical drugs under a white coat supervision. And that's no different than what we do when we're discovering what works for us with cannabis. So the willingness to experiment is so important in either realm. So once you choose cannabis, because I'm going to finally pull this information out of you. And you will. You've cut off half the drugs, pharmaceuticals you were taking by transitioning to cannabis. 
And what kinds of effects were you seeing from doing that? Well, first of all, I was taking a lot of pharmaceuticals because I lost my physical health. And I am going to get to that because I'm here to help people and, and really specifically share the story why I lost my physical health. But to answer your question, uh, I lost the medications once I regained my physical health. And I had gotten rid of some while I lost my physical health. So the change I noticed was coherency, creativity, laughing, being sober all the time for me sucks. I'm sorry. I'm with Leonardo DiCaprio on the uh, movie that's funny as hell when he did Quaaludes and fell out of his car. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, I mean, being sober all the time kind of sucks, guys. But if you can figure out that cannabis can help you if you were, a here comes the air quotes, an alcoholic, had alcohol use disorder, a mental health issue, this plant can help you. Again, I go back to creativity. I go back to dropping three medications I didn't need anymore. Well, and it's also about just being able to feel your feelings and to feel your body. Absolutely. And I do. I lost two years of my brain going, okay, we're not going to saturate with alcohol because I could feel the manic coming. And when I felt the manic coming, well, I get manic. And I'd want to control it and release it to a glass one of wine, red wine. But it didn't stop. And the more I kept drinking, the dark came out. And then the more I kept, the blackout came. Oh, and here came the evil manic woman. I tortured my husband. He does have a little PTSD. That's another episode. But I do want him to hear me say that. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a hero. And we will get through this. But I came here busted. And I'm back and able to be on the show because of you and my mission. I mean, guys, there's different approaches. It's not just AA. If AA works for, for you, mad respect. If you're like me, you identify not as a Christian. You don't control well. And that's your experience with AA. Guys, there's other ways. Trust me. Well, is there anything particular about your experience over the last few days, maybe things that you learned. I know one of the things that we were really focused on too was the drinkables, uh, seeing the California sober lifestyle, because, you know, like you mentioned, you do hang out with a lot of drinkers. And one of the things that's really important for me is to create an opportunity for someone to be able to consume Whatever. Do you want to consume wine? Do you want to consume cannabis? Do you want to drink your cannabis? Do you want to smoke your cannabis? Letting people explore when they're with me all the different methods of consumption and the California sober thing clearly was what we were focusing on with you. We were definitely not doing any wine tastings. So as far as the California sober lifestyle goes, you know, what were some of the things you picked up on? Drinkables. It's been a long time since I've been invited to go out for cocktail hour. Because what does cocktail hour mean in North Carolina? Alcohol. Everything is alcohol. So to be here and to be able to open a very small can with cannabis in it and enjoy it, you know, it's not so much that inclus I'm included. Is it is this just makes sense. I'm not going to break anything. I can drive us home. I will have one can set it down. 
enjoy my meal, make sure I'm okay, and drive us home. The hypocrisy that we're not legal and I can't go do that with the drinkers blows me away. It's hypocrisy. North Carolina, where I live in the remainder of the states, tune in to this incredible podcast and get with it. <laughs> yes, get with it, she says. But, you know, the, the thing that I like about the drinkables is you can go one-to-one with somebody who's having a beer, but it also leaves your system at a nice cadence. So after the end of an evening, you know, after an hour and a half, like any kind of buzz you might have been feeling from that is now dissipated. And then you go and get into your cozy little bed and sleep like a bug in a rug and then wake up without a hangover. That's the beautiful part of it to me. It truly is. And I tell you, when people hear me say this, and when I say people, let me be specific. When someone who is AA, when someone is a diehard, you're addicted to one thing, it's going to be across the board. They're not going to like me saying that I had a hemp hop, that I had a cannabis seltzer. They're not going to want to hear that because it's too close to alcohol, too far to fall. Oh, no, Melody, you've dropped one thing and picked up a next. I will deal with that. My husband will deal with that. Someone asking him in front of me, four feet away, if they can drink in front of me. I cannot. There's not enough time to tell you the education I personally am going to do with my philosophy. Please don't call me an alcoholic. Please don't ask my husband if you can drink in front of me when he has a glass of wine. And you and I just had a conversation about how cannabis has improved my life. Don't do that to me. It's so disrespectful. Drinkers, don't put us there. If people are drinking around us, have a damn glass of wine. We're not going to fall apart because I'll tell you this. If I want to drink, I will get in my car. I will drive, I don't know, maybe a quarter of a mile to a gas station and I can get all the booze I want. But you can't get cannabis. No, I can't. And the hypocrisy of that and where our drug culture is, is infuriating. What it's done to people of color, there's not enough time. Well, there is good news I heard on the horizon in North Carolina. Don't y'all have some medical law that's coming into play? Did What's going on there? We do. So we are in the process of medical. I got excited. I emailed my doctor. She shot me down. We're going to talk? Yes. Because, and now I know why, and I respect her. As a former real estate agent, she can't write in an email, yeah, of course I'll give you as soon as it passes. You bet, Melody, you've got this, 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 this. It'd be perfect for you. No. Doctors don't have the support, the knowledge, and we'll get into vape as soon as you're ready. <laughs> because, but yeah, I, I was shot down, and it, it hurt. Because it's going to hurt me, and there's specific reasons why I will always be considered an addict, and that's so hurtful. We had that conversation while you were here about what that conversation might be like with your doctor the next time. And, you know, the one thing that I want to add, when you go back to your doctor and you have your supporting information and you have your own personal history, your dosage tracker how you're using it, when you're able to present all of your evidence. If you still have a doctor that says, 
cannabis makes you fat, lazy, yada, yada, yada. The answer is finding a new doctor. Thank you for that. And I would. I take my health very seriously. Now, I have nothing to hide. I do not have high blood pressure. I don't look bloated. I have lost significant weight, alcohol when you stop it. I mean, guys, it's sugar. Yeah. Right? And a lot of people, alcoholics, I'll say again, alcohol use disorder, preferred, will gravitate to sugar and gain a lot of weight because they are putting something in that hole. Oh, yeah. 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 But I used cannabis. And it worked listening to you. And I'm here and I microdose. Again, I mean, I've learned, yes, I've learned a ton of, from you. You've provided a dosage tracker. I need to do that. I will not fuck up my life again. I don't have a choice and I don't want to. I think it, I have to add this because I really want, if there's someone struggling specifically with alcohol, there are alternatives, but we need to be mindful. We need to listen to experts like you, Joe. We need to track ourselves. We need to see how we feel with this. We need to see if we were productive that day. Were we creative? Did we have the space that we didn't have a meeting? We didn't have to drive. Can I enjoy a Sunday morning coffee with a little bit of coconut oil and have a nice conversation with my husband that I'm not evil, that I'm fun, that I'm laughing on a Sunday when that's our day to spend together? I used to drink by brunch that wouldn't probably happen until three or four because I was a drinker eating. I can wait. Right. And then I'm back. I make us brunch by one. We have dinner. I go to bed. It's a lovely Sunday. It was a fucked up Sunday when I drank. That's what cannabis has done for me. And so if this is a plant medicine that's going to enhance my life, give me the ability to lose pharmaceuticals I don't need then guys, let's rethink this. I'm not addicted to cannabis. It has enhanced my life. And I do believe in pharmaceuticals. I do. If I get cancer and I can hopefully beat it, I don't want my crystals and just cannabis. Okay. But I don't want that with me. Yeah. Yeah. The all or nothing approach to life in general is it's just too extreme. Like there's always gray. You know, and it's finding your own path through everything that's available and having everything that is available from nature seems like a reasonable place to start. All Everything under the sun should be available to all of us, you know. Absolutely. And to me, and I think where we're going with our research, that across the board, oh, you'll be addicted. She's substituting this. She's doing that. The things I'm going to face, especially with the older generation, um, you're making me bulletproof. I will go back to that doctor. I don't know if I'll be titanium, but I will be so much more able to communicate with her with the a level of current research why this is. And she, through who she works with, said, Melody, we support you. She can't email you certain things because of she's a medical doctor. We're not there yet. And I understand that. So I am going to stick with her. They are beside me and behind me. That's just where my state mm-hmm. is yeah. right now. Yeah. So one of the things that I just want to mention about the way that you use cannabis, 
you know, when you're in an illegal state and you get whatever you get, and, you know, if you're fortunate, you have a resource that is getting it from a legal state and they know they're getting clean product. But at the end of the day, you're still getting what you get, whatever that THC percentage is, it is what it is. So now, you know, you being here in California and me being able to have a plethora of things to choose from, we were able to experiment every day when you were just awake, nothing was in your system yet, and being able to try out a four to one CBD to THC or, you know, a strain that was 10% THC and 7% CBD, and then maybe another one that was the, you know, opposite of that. And so being able to really fine tune what your CBD to THC ratio is that makes you feel the most alive, the most creative, the most functional and not scattered. So, you know, to me, that is such an important part of the journey for someone who has any sort of mental health issues or anxiety or PTSD issues when it comes to choosing their cannabis medication. Leave yourself a lot of room to experiment. And your answer is never going to be high THC, no CBD. It's just not ever going to be the answer for you. So, you know, I appreciated being able to have this time with you to not only you know, I, I've done this for myself. I coach people on a, a Zoom call or a one hour or one hour and a half session, but never, you know, three, four full days where I could see the progress. I could see how you functioned mm -hmm. after having each one of those kinds mm -hmm. and me feeling confident on helping you dial that in. So that was a fun thing for me to do. And, you know, and so I just wanted to make sure that we kind of shared that with everyone. Absolutely. And I did indeed learn a lot. And I want to get to that. Um, you saw what kind of shape I was in when I first got here. You see how I am now. Um, big difference. A big part of that was the education that I received from you. Um, a big one was to, yeah, be in a legal state, have it in front of me. What am I buying? Because I have a wild allergy that revolves around vaping. Yeah. And I'm really here to share with anybody who may face this very rare allergic reaction. But to circle back, because I really want to address this and why you're such a powerful life coach. You asked specific questions at the dispensary to the bud tenders. I just was able to pick up on things that I can't in North Carolina because, yeah, I get it from the black market. I'm forced to. So, hey, doctors, if you want me to keep doing that, because this is my plant medicine and I'm going to find it on the black market. Do you want me to keep doing that? Yeah. She threw everything at trying to solve my allergy, which was killing me which took away my physical health when I got back from rehab, is propylene glycol. I went two years with the wildest allergic reactions. I have pictures I won't show my mama of the wild allergic reactions I was having. Which got categorized as eczema. 
Yes, because I have struggled with that all my life. The catch is with these horrific eczema breakouts I have dealt with all my life, it was always revolved around death, divorce, the big fives, major stressors. And then I'd have to do something drastic. If it was awful, I'd take a steroid. Not a good idea for a woman like me, as we all can imagine. And it would go away. This would not go away. It was a beast unlike no other. And I'm here to share with you guys. Again, I have my health back. I have my mind back. I disclose everything. So all the five doctors I went to, desperate. I was in pain. I couldn't open boxes. I was debilitated. I was using those drugs from rehab because the best thing I could do was sleep. So I'm here to share with you guys when I was in Southern California at rehab. Yeah, I'm a smoker. I'm a Gen X smoker, man. Well, I love stimulant too. So in Southern California, as I'm using my tobacco, everyone's like, switch to vape. It'll be better for you. You'll breathe better. You'll feel better. Your skin will clean up. You will get a little bit of your cardiovascular breathing back. And I thought, I'll get to that. One thing at a time, kids. But the more I thought about, you know, the nastiness of tobacco and, you know, hey, let's really change our life. That's killing you, too. I did. I switched to vaping once I got back to North Carolina. One of the things that kind of forced my hand with that is when I got back from rehab, a new woman, my best friend, died in five days. So I was at the hospital a lot. Nicotine is it'll be the most biggest accomplishment of addiction in my life, hands down. So I did switch to vaping, guys. And again, I've mentioned my love of nicotine. Well, this vape, you can take it with you anywhere. You can do it at night. You can do it at grandma's house. My grandmother's a bloodhound. Like you can do it anywhere. So I was. It was my pacifier. I was in so much pain. But at the end of the day, it was killing me because I'm allergic to propylene glycol. And I tried to buy the cleanest, you know, vaping nicotine product. You know, I heard about the Juul explosion. That was not what I was using. You know, family members who were concerned, who knew I was vaping, but giving me an easy time. I mean, come on, she's ditched alcohol. She's not going to, you know, break her windshields or climb out a trailer. I was a nightmare. So I was choosing the, the cleanest thing that I could find. I thought I was okay. It had two ingredients, vegetable glycerin and propylene glycol. Well, I mean, propylene glycol, okay. So I keep having these horrific skin breakouts, and it doesn't look like anything I had experienced my whole life. So I go to five doctors, Jeff, five, every form, former tobacco, current nicotine vape, a specific allergy doctor didn't catch it. His focus was to put me on Dupixent, which would have been an every other week in biological injection into my thigh. I refused. There had to be another way. I was not going to give up. Well, and that was the culprit. Wow. Yeah. I. So what is this thing, this injection thing in your leg? Is that like, a, like a, giving yourself an allergy shot or what was it for? It's called Dupixent and it does specifically treat people who suffer with eczema. It's actually a neat drug if you have to have it. So what it is, is it is a biologic. And yes, I would have had to take a needle and inject my thigh with this biologic every other week. And I knew there had to be another way. I tried CBD. What I could get my hands on, it was expensive, but it worked. So it did allow, it did buy me a month. Unfortunately, that wore off because I was poisoning myself. You know, CBD can't help me from 
killing myself. Got it. So you, the CBD was helping, but you were still consuming the vape. Constantly. Yeah. Poisoning myself. I had no idea how I figured it out. It's kind of funny, but my message is, guys... I'm not here to uh, interfere with anyone's business that has, you know, cannabis vaping. It has its advantages. Well, and we're talking about nicotine vaping. Correct. And nicotine vaping and cannabis vaping, that's like apples and oranges. But you need to have some of, be wary of the same things. But you can get a cannabis vape that literally is just the oil, the resin. And the beauty of being with you in a legal state, hey. I can turn over the package and my guru and I can look to see the ingredients. Well, what do you know? There's not propylene glycol in it. I'm not going to turn into, I mean, again, pictures I don't want to even show my mama. It was awful. It was two years and no one caught it. So how did you finally recognize that you had a PG allergy? Well... I was told by a shaman before I left rehab that I was facing a hard time. I clung to that. Of I, course, I would have been like, uh, no shit, shaman. I'm meeting you in rehab. <laughs> right. But this was this was one of it. I think that's so funny. I just, oh, my God. I mean, do you guys love her or what? I can't. I can't. Yes. As odd as that sounds, I am that type. And she, I guess, is too. And we gravitated towards each other. She she was very powerful and meaningful to me. And I clung to that because I am that way, if you will. So how did I fix it? Well, my husband came up with Excel spreadsheets. He's the type. They give me <laughs> headaches. I hate Excel. And because of my age, you know, the, the spreadsheets that they came up with, that he, pardon me, came up with, there was a correlation. I mean, I'm 46 years old. There's hormones. I mean, thank God I don't drink anymore. Oh. I mean, we threw the kitchen sink at it. All the diets I've had and eliminating like. So you're saying, okay, we're taking this food out for a week. We're adding this. We're doing this. So you were exhausting your diet, exercise, sleep, all of these different things. I would have licked pavement. Had my doctor told me to do that, we threw the kitchen sink at it and nothing works. Only one of the four doctors actually paid attention to what my husband did. How I finally figured it out was clinging to what the shaman told me and not giving up and really trying to focus. What is it that changed? And I was butt naked in the shower two years later and just something came over me. My husband and I had explored with a little tiny microdose of mushrooms, and I had asked, I'd studied again, and I had asked that I'm hoping the powerful magic of mushrooms will give me my answer because I'm close to giving up. When you are going to consume whole plant medicine, it is always about asking the question and opening yourself up to whatever the answer is. And I yes. fucking love what's coming here because <laughs> you have followed the spreadsheet to a T, but your higher Thank self you. told you. It, it just came over me. It's the vape. And I knew it. I knew it in my soul. I'm like, shit. And my husband and I just look at each other like, how the fuck did we miss this? But no, doctor caught it. 
And no doctor caught it, Joe, because, again, the information in front of these medical doctors, they don't know what to say. They're not, they're missing stuff like this. So I'm on a mission. No, 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 not to interfere with the vaping industry at all, especially cannabis. No, no, no. In a legal state, I can see, oh, it doesn't have what can kill me. I can't see that in North Carolina. And sometimes I do choose that method of consumption. Not a lot. My favorite, it's edibles. But there are some instances where vaping is great. It took off, you know, selling for a reason. Oh, yeah. It's it's handy when I'm traveling. But I don't I don't consume vapes anymore, really beyond that. And I'll be sure to include in the show notes the episode that Dr. V and I did talking about vaping when the vaping scare came out Yes, a few years ago and all those teenagers were getting whatever lung issues were going on because she'll spell out all of this stuff. So if you yes. want to like get in the weeds on what are they talking about? What does that even mean? She gets all sciencey on it. So I'll include that in the show notes if you want to do a little bit deeper dive on that. I clung to that show. She's amazing. Please go back and listen. Uh, if you don't recall that episode, I listened to it three times. But it's so rare, this propylene glycol allergy. Don't panic, guys. But if you're turning into the elephant man and it won't go away, see if you're allergic to that. It's the stuff that it was at my Motley Crue concerts that makes that smoke look. Yeah. So you have that giant plume that everybody's interested in. And even if you're not allergic to it, you shouldn't be inhaling it. I'm going to get behind that. I didn't know that that's what, until you were telling me, I'm like, oh, those 80s hairband shows, the smoke machine, that's propylene glycol. Yes, that is propylene glycol. Yes. All right. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think is important to kind of round it out? Favorite part of your farm stay adventure, your casually baked retreat? We we don't have a name on it, but do you have a favorite part you want to share? I'm still getting through things. My brain is still figuring things out. To answer your question, you saw how I was when I got here and you're looking at me right now. Is that worth three days of your time and your money to be with a life coach to make you feel better, to build you back up, to talk to who understands you, who doesn't judge you, who doesn't treat you like an addict? Well, yeah, that's my favorite part. That's been worth every dime. That's why I'm here to support you. That's why I'm here to pay it back. Does that answer your question, Jojo? Well, I mean, it answers it for me, I think, on a more granular way for a listener. Sure. You know, we, one day we went to a cannabis farm. We did. That was magic. And um, you got to see the entire process. I did. I learned a ton. I got to ask questions to a couple of OG farmers. They were amazing. Big fan. And you got to trim flour that was on a family farm sitting around the table. It was incredible. I felt like I was shucking corn with women in my family in North Carolina. But see, I wasn't. I was bonding with plant medicine, guys. It was incredible. Yes, that would be a favorite added to the list. Let's see. What else did we do? Oh, taught you the quick and dirty way to make 
your coconut oil. Yes. So that you don't have to overpay. Waste lots of money and time and frustrations. Yes, Joe. Add that to the list, please. Um, But then you also got to see the fancy equipment that if you want to, you know, get the Rolls Royce of oil machines, how those things work. And also the, the Firefly 2 vaporizer. When you're ready to then take the combusting down and you want to do the vaporizing flower, you're all teed up for that. I am indeed and not inhaling a lighter. I mean, I'm Gen X. I'll just burn it and inhale anything, obviously. Yes, you you corrected that. You learned some cannabis etiquette. I was on a mission for that because, you know, I want to respect the plant. You want to respect the plant. You want to respect the people that you're consuming it with. Absolutely. I mean, being able to track, to talk to you, to see it in a legal state and have that confidence to use it responsibly. I'm 46 years old. I'm not going to fuck up my life again. So, yes, that was one of the most powerful things was to be here and learn face to face, to spend time with you, to not be judged, to really express to you how you changed my life, my perspective. You gave me you know, you gave me another option that works and has enhanced my life. The creativity is so much fun. It's just so nice. I sleep. I was such, insomnia is one of your, for me, being more of a manic when I don't sleep consecutively. Oh, and I'll get into two nights in a row. Alarm. You need to pull me aside. I'm, I'm going in the wrong direction. With cannabis, I sleep all night. I wake up refreshed. I wake up, I can do things instead of lay in bed and have anxiety all day because I know I did something fucked up last night. Who knows what? Jesus, let me try to think. I get up. I feel good. I'm productive. Need I say more? Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, it has been my pleasure to host you. I needed a guinea pig to run through all of my things. <laughs> I don't think that's what guinea pigs sound like. That's I don't what care. an actual pig sounds like. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I think of Miss Piggy, and I think that I, it was an honor <laughs> to be your first. <laughs> no. I know. It really has. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do this today. I mean, there's some emotional things coming out of my mouth here. I wouldn't have been able to do this. I was not in the headspace. I've got next level things I've got to get through to keep my relationship, my most important one, living. I was in a mess. Here I am. That's what you did. How do you feel about yourself right now? You should feel pretty damn good. Well, I do feel good. Good. You're very sweet, very kind. Thank you. And I am a wonderful cannabis lifestyle guide. I'll give you that. But, you know, we each have to do our own work and I see you doing the work. Thank you for that. You know, to hear that from people that I love and I care about and aren't treating me like an addict, to spend this amount of time with someone who gets me, who doesn't treat me like an addict, who, you know, wants to listen to some of my trauma. My husband doesn't need to hear that anymore. He knows every damn word. It's time to move on. Like, these are things I'm working through. So you're changing people's lives. And that's why I'm here. One thing that I will say, because I am definitely not some sort of a licensed therapist by any means, but I am a witness, a very 
loving, non-judgmental witness. And when you're going through something, you need somebody to be there to acknowledge it. You know, and that's something that I learned, especially in the pandemic, when I was here alone. You know, it's like, wow, I'm going through some trauma. But if nobody knows about it, like, is this shit really even happening? Right. (laughs) Hey, I get it. You know, and so I am happy to be able to, you know, just be that witness for someone, be that cheerleader, be the reasonable voice of hope that will remind you that there is always an option. And there really is. And I have so much more to share that I'm still working on. Obviously, I'm still working out my kinks, but you've got the balls rolling. There's another favorite part this weekend. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yes. Thanks for being here. And if you are interested in learning more about having your own one-on-one or small group retreat in the wine and weed country, um, whether or not that's a celebration or a can of curious adventure to Northern California, you can go to casuallybakes.com backslash travel And there's an interest form that you can fill out. I know our talk today was serious because, you know, serious shit happens to funny people. So, Melody, thank you for allowing everybody to take a peek into your one-on-one time with me. And I look forward to watching you grow. This was an honor. I kind of can't believe I did it. And Joe... Keep on keeping on. You're on a mission and you're a trailblazer. And it's been fascinating to see your creative mindset and where your next level entrepreneurship is going to go. So let's get behind her, guys. Do what you can. Amen. Thanks for hanging out. Whether you've struggled with addiction personally or have witnessed a loved one lost in the darkness, I hope you feel empowered by Melody's story. And if you want to learn more about cannabis and wellness lifestyle coaching or retreats, head over to the podcast 200 show notes at casuallybaked.com. <sighs> I am delighted to be on this journey with you. And I want to continue building your can of confidence in ways that are meaningful for you. So email any can of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com. Social butterflies, you can find me at Casually Baked on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and the WeedTube. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, become a podcast patron for $5 per month at patreon.com backslash casuallybaked. We're in this together, my friend, inviting smart and open dialogue about true wellness and plant medicine. So thanks for doing your part to Puff Puff Pass It On. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? 
I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.